2022. Keeps coming out kind of in drips and drabs. We found out two more games today. Neither include the Indianapolis Colts. I want to talk about the five worst moments for this franchise the last 30 years. The Colts, Andrew Luck, part of one of them. Bill Pullian, a part of another. Hank Baskett, a part of a third. Jim Harbaugh, a part of a fourth. Quentin Coriat. We got lots of them. Nick Harper. What was Nick Harper doing? Jordan Hulls is coming on. Jordan Hulls, one of my favorite guys ever to don the candy stripes at Indiana University and play basketball, is coming home. He's been named to Mike Woodson's staff. I think that's a great move. I can't wait to see Jordan Hulls and what he's going to infuse in that basketball program. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Monday, May 9th. 2022, brought to you by the great people at Today's uh, Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. Give him a call. For goodness sake, if you can hire the best dentist in the world, why wouldn't you? 317-849-2933 is the number. Hit subscribe, punch a like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. And if you have a question, an urgent question, you want to get answered immediately, hit the donate button. It comes up in a, a little box that I see immediately. There's a little sound. It's very cool. And I'm alerted immediately to the question. Very good. All right, the five worst moments in the last 30 years of Indianapolis Colts history. Number five, Nick Harper. 2005 against Pittsburgh. Tackled after he recovered a fumble forced by Gary Brackett. Gary Brackett nearly won this game. Middle linebacker, undrafted free agent out of Rutgers. Gary Brackett, old number 58, punches it loose. Jerome Bettis was taking it in for a touchdown that would have sealed the game. Ball pops out. Nick Harper, who had been stabbed the night before by his girlfriend, stabbed in the thigh, picks up the ball, takes off. Ben Roethlisberger is on the ground, 35 yards downfield, gets all twisted and, and falls. Somehow, Nick Harper is tripped up by Ben Roethlisberger. That's the difference between a guy who wins football games and a guy who loses football games. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, by the way, that year went on to win a, uh, a Super Bowl. That, that Colts defense was awesome. Gave up the least amount of points in, in Colts history to that point in Indianapolis. Non-strike year. So really, really good team. Had Edron James, they wind up losing 21-18 after being down 21-3 going into the fourth quarter. Came back from nearly dead to, to win that game. Nick Harper couldn't get around Ben Roethlisberger as he was sitting on the turf. I can still see it. Number 25, Nick Harper. <laughs> All right, number four. The 1995 AFC Championship game. And this was just a wonderful game in Pittsburgh. One of the best games you're ever going to see. Always on the NFL Network. is one of the top 25 or top 50 games of all time. The Colts, Hail Mary, no time left on the clock. Harbaugh throws it up. The ball somehow winds up landing on Aaron Bailey's chest. But his arms are pinned and he can't grab it. Quentin Corriott could have sealed the game with an interception. 
it was kind of poked loose. We don't blame Q. We don't blame the original Q, Quentin Corriott. That's number four. I had a great time at Three Rivers Stadium that day in 1995. It was awesome. And I think that if Aaron Bailey had been able to secure that ball, I would have been killed. I was wearing a Marshall Falk jersey, and Pittsburgh doesn't play that. You walk into their place wearing opposing colors, the guys guys were lo- turning around and looking at me. Like, All right. When Floyd Turner caught the touchdown pass uh, to give the Colts the lead, they kind of marked me. You know when you're being marked. And, and I really thought, okay, if Bailey holds on to this ball, I don't know how I'm getting out of here. I'm going to have to find an usher immediately, and I don't think they're going to be too happy with me either. Pittsburgh, different kind of town. Number three, August 24, 2019. Preseason game against the Bears. Pretty nondescript deal. And then, all of a sudden, Adam Schefter tweets that Andrew Luck is retiring. Andrew Luck at that moment on the sidelines for the Colts, not in uniform and not playing, not active. And it kind of, you could hear the buzzing at Lucas Oil Stadium. You could hear people like showing each other their phones. Adam Schefter saying that Andrew Luck was retiring. A, a real shame. And, and look, there, there's, it's a cautionary tale, but it's, it's a tale that we can learn from right? Don't tell people what you're going to do till you tell everyone what you're going to do. Because sure as hell, some agent, some player's going to pick up the phone and say, hey, Lux retiring. The agent's going to pick up the phone. He's going to call Schefter. Hey, Lux retiring. That's what's going to happen. It's what did happen. Andrew Luck had to be walked off the field by security. People booed him. It was a pretty unpleasant vibe in that room. And it all could have been prevented had Andrew Luck simply told everybody, the moment you decide and you tell anybody, you got to tell people news like that, and I mean everybody. Because if you don't, Adam Schefter's going to sniff that out. That's what he does for a living. And he's going to make your life really unpleasant in that moment, as he did. Number two, Hank Baskin. What the hell? Hank Baskin picked up like at midseason... Free agent wide receiver. They put him on the hands team to start the second half of the Super Bowl. Colts dominated the first half. Sean Payton knew that they couldn't they couldn't stop Peyton Manning. So they onside kick. It hits Hank Basket. The Saints pick it up. All of a sudden, the momentum shifts. I'm not a big like proponent of momentum shifts meaning a whole lot, but that was huge. And all of a sudden, the wheels start coming off the cart. And Peyton Manning throws a pick six to IU product, Tracy Porter. And off you go. They wind up losing that Super Bowl, a game that they should have won. The number one most disappointing moment. It's not like the worst moment, I guess. It's the most disappointing moment. At Lucas Oil Stadium, and this was uh, December 27th, 2009. I'm standing there in the suite with the great Pauly Balls in the Emma Suite, and all of a sudden, out trots Curtis Painter instead of Peyton Manning. Colts at that point up 15-10, to 10, and they're pretty much dominating. There's no way the Jets were going to win that game. And Painter comes out, and the crowd got quiet. Then the crowd got kind of loud, started booing. What I've heard from people who know is that Jim Irsay 
went absolutely bonkers in his suite. And the Colts wind up losing that game. They went into that game 14-0. Could have gone undefeated that season. Didn't go undefeated because they just gave it away. They conceded. And so what happens? They go to Buffalo the next week. They get beat. Then you go into the playoffs. They do pretty well in the first couple of games of the playoffs. And the Super Bowl, they lose to the Saints because Hank Baskett's a train wreck. That's what happens. And then what happens? Two years later, Bill Pullian's fired. I'm telling you, there's a good chance that if he doesn't pull the plug on that undefeated season, he's still with the Colts in some measure instead of screwing things up for the Chicago Bears, taking money from the poor McCaskey family. You know, what are you going to do? We've got to hire, hey, hire Bill Pullian. We'll bring uh, that kid knows football. He's only 82. You know. The Bears are the most woebegone team in the NFL, and it's a shame because the people in Chicago love that team. And for the Bears to devolve as they have because of ownership and Ted Phillips is just absolutely tragic to me. All right, Colts and their rankings by ESPN in fantasy football. Matt Ryan, 23rd, as a quarterback. I get it because how many opportunities is he going to have to put up sick numbers, right? I think the Colts are going to win more than they lose. But Matt Ryan's not going to throw for like 4,800 yards because they got Jonathan Taylor. So I get it. Carson Wentz, by the way, 25th. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, number one among running backs. Naheem Hines, number 47. Michael Pittman Jr., number 15. Alec Pierce is uh, not shown in the ratings, and I don't blame him. Uh, tight ends. Nobody really knows who's going to get the run, right? Is it going to be Mo Ali Cox? Is it going to be Kylan Granson? Is it going to be Johnny Woods? We really don't know. So, you know, putting a Colt in those rankings at tight end, I think, is a little bit presumptuous, and so ESPN doesn't do it, and to their credit, somebody for the Colts is going to have a hell of a year at tight end, because that's what happens with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan feeds tight ends. Uh, Colts defense, number seven, they force turnovers. That's where you get points. Uh, you know what? Rodrigo Blankenship ranked 20th. I don't even know if he's going to have a job. And then, uh, and that's it. That's all of them. So whatever that means to you, you know, it's May the 9th. We got about three and a half months before we got to put together, uh, fantasy football teams. So... The schedule, like I said in the open, keeps coming out in drips and drabs. Uh, the second week, the week two Monday night football games have been announced. First, you have um, kind of a cool matchup. I sort of dig it. You've got um, the Titans at the Bills. It's a good game. Nice. And then you got the Vikings at the Eagles. All right. That's fun. Let's see what those are. We'll get the entire schedule Thursday, and we'll have immediately, we'll have a call-in show. Download the call-in app, and we'll go over the schedule. I'll tell you exactly what I think game to game to game to game, what's going to happen this season, and I'm always right. It's a miracle the way in May I can look at what's going to happen in the fall and tell you absolutely and irrevocably what's going to happen. 
in uh, in the NFL season, like I did in 2015, when I said if the Colts don't win 13 games, I'll dye my hair white. The Colts didn't win 15 games, not even close. Dared my hair, dyed my hair white, and then because I said that if they don't win 11, I'll shave it. Dyed it white, grew out a little bit, shaved it all off. I'm not doing that anymore. Not making guarantees with like hair and appearance. I looked ridiculous for a, a a number of months. That's not good. Nobody wants to look ridiculous because a football team can't play. What am I doing? Anyway, you know, stupid uh, radio stuff. Uh, Jordan Hulls coming back to Indiana University, hanging up his uh, his sneakers. And he is going to be the team and recruiting director. Just wrapped his career as a pro in Germany. One of the nicest guys ever. Yeah, you know, uh, his uh, his foundation is just wonderful. Never lose hoop uh, foundation. They got their golf outing coming up, and it's going to be excellent. It's Thursday, June twenty third at Eagle Point. You can go to JordanHulls the numeral one dot com. Sign up for the golf outing and get some inside scoop on what's going on with Jordan and the Indiana basketball program. A great shooter, 44.1% from beyond the arc in his career. When was the last? Maybe it was James Blackman. Last time we saw a guy for IU knock down 40% or, or into the 40s. I think he's going to be able to evaluate shooters, Gary, and I think that he's going to be able to help guys shoot the ball better. You know, there are some shooters are God-made, some shooters are man-made. Within, you know, a, a standard deviation, you can get shooters better, and I think Jordan Hulse is going to be good at that. Uh, coming back to IU, I, and I also think that Jordan Hulse is one of those guys who's going to be able to have an interesting coaching career because of his timing. I think he's going to have nothing but good timing in Bloomington. And speaking of coaching, you got Greg Oden and uh, um, John Diebler coming to the Butler program, and that's a good thing. Thad Mata bringing some star power to his staff. Whether that does any good or not, I don't know. But Butler, they need some jazz. And so they got two of Ohio State's all-time best who played for Mata at Ohio State, and, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, you hope Hulse comes down to Huber's. I think he's going to come down just to pick strawberries. Go to the You Pick Em Strawberries and, and gather for the family. Two kids, a wife from Bloomington, undefeated state championship when he was at Bloomington South. Just awesome. I love that Jordan Hulls is a member of Mike Woodson's staff. Phenomenal. Good. Download the call-in app. Great show coming up this Thursday. Cannot wait to talk to you. Such cool technology where we can have live phone conversations immediately right there, podcasting. Wonderful. Uh, talking about the new schedule. That, again, will be Thursday night sometime right after 8 o'clock when we get the, the schedule release on ESPN2. Tomorrow morning, you know what? The fight for the backup quarterback position is going to be really interesting. And there's a name in that fight that we don't nearly spend enough time discussing. It's just Ellinger and uh, Cohen, right? And that's it. Now, there's another guy who's who's squarely in the mix. 
for that backup quarterback spot. We'll talk about it tomorrow and a bunch of other stuff. Can't wait to talk to you then.